All right. Hi, everybody. Hi, you're listening to Talk Crooked, the social justice and comedy podcast where two friends laugh, cry, and rage about an unspeakable subject while enjoying adult beverages. My name is Kay. I'm Carrie, and it's the 100th episode! Yes, it's a very special episode. I'm super excited. It is. If it was any other day, we would be drinking champagne. Yeah. (laughs) But unfortunately, we are not in each other's houses. And I have nothing in my house, so... (laughs) Yeah, I have, like, no alcohol. I need to get more. No, I have nothing. My my cupboards are bare. (laughs) So... (sighs) I'm trying not to buy buy much, because we're going to be... You know, because we're signing... We're obviously recording this ahead of time, but we're we're signing... We're buying the house this week, so... (laughs) I... I'm still trying to keep things light so we don't have to move a ton of food, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, it's just 10 minutes down the road. It's not like that's that big of a deal, but still. (laughs) Yeah, still. Just trying to keep it tight. Who knows what expenses lurk around the corner, so. (laughs) Yeah. That's the fun thing about buying a new house. You never know. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. High risk, high reward. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Oh, what was... I don't know. I, I lost it. Totally lost it. Good work, Kay. Thanks. Good work. Well, we hope everyone had a had a blissful New Year's. Yeah. It's Hope you had fun yeah. and we're safe. This is our first episode of the New Year. It's our 100th episode and wow. Um, Look how that yeah. lined up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If only we planned these things. <laughs> if only. That's kind of funny. Yeah. Oh, man. It's been almost two years of this podcast, man. I know. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's wild. It doesn't feel like it's been two years. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, but it's it's been fun. Yeah. Has it? That was, it's been fun, followed by a very long pause of nothing. I feel like you're lying. No, no, it's, it's been really fun. I've, I, I think I've come out of my shell a whole lot. I feel. Yeah. Yeah. I feel good. I've learned a lot. You feel, yeah. <laughs> I'm very tired. I shouldn't be tired, but I'm super it's tired. It's one in the afternoon. <laughs> I know. I took my, okay. I took my sleeping meds too late. And oh, I gotcha. That's still affecting me. Um, I'm also just like very chilled out, which is really nice because my medicine's oh, finally awesome. kicking in. So I'm not Yay! on like such high alert. So sorry, guys. I'll I'll uh, step it up a little bit. Pep but, it up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I've I've really enjoyed doing this with you. It's been nice to. Um, I don't know, just sit down every week and have conversations planned so we don't get bored and, (laughs) you know, stuff like that. What? I don't know. All right. So Kay just revealed that she's bored when she hangs out with me. No, that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. (laughs) I, I just, I know I can get boring and can repeat myself. So it's nice to, I don't know, have like a... Oh my god, shut the fuck up. What is the matter with you? 
insecurity. What do you, mean you can get boring. Stop that. <laughs> oh my god. This is unacceptable behavior and I will not have this on our 100th episode, young lady. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've learned a lot. I've enjoyed it cuz it helps me learn things. We've definitely like researched topics that I didn't know a whole lot about before, which has been really fun. Yeah. Um I feel like I don't know. I just, I feel like a new person. I feel like I know so much more. <laughs> I feel smarter. More smarter. Me too. I've gotten to learn a lot of new skills too. So that's been really yeah. fun. Like? Like, um, working on our website, uh, which I'm a little yeah. behind on, but I don't know. I've had a lot of how fun doing that. <laughs> <laughs> how dare you have school? Yeah. How dare I? Um, <laughs> and I don't know, it's really, it's shown me that I can have a school and life balance that I didn't know I could have before, I guess. Um, yeah. Because when I was in high school, like, all I was concerned about was homework and the next assignment, and I took that into college. And so finally mm -hmm. we did this, which forced me to step away from just school and just work and actually do something that was you know for fu for fun for me and yeah. yeah it 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 taught me that I can have a life outside of school and work and I don't just have to be a fucking drone yeah so and be in seven clubs and yeah. <laughs> never all again the insane stuff you were doing yeah <laughs> never again yeah, i just want to me exist. a lot too because i don't yeah, like, I I wouldn't have, I, I don't tend to prioritize friendships very well, mm -hmm. so I just kind of am friends with people, and they're in my thoughts, and I just, I don't tend to reach out very often, so it's been really fun to have a weekly standing appointment with, with my friend. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So it, 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 this is my, my thing that I need time for myself for, you know, so, so it's nice to not, I don't know, it's just nice to have a hobby that's scheduled. Yeah. Like it, like this, you know what I mean? Cause I don't know. I just, I cancel on myself all the time. If I go to, if I want to start exercising, I'm like, meh, I'll do it later. Or, <laughs> yeah, you know, same. and then it doesn't ha and then three years pass. So <laughs> it's just, it's like, uh, I don't know. It's just been really, really fun. Yeah. So, yeah. It honestly has been. I don't know. My brain is still scrambled eggs. I apologize. Well, especially during, especially because during quarantine, this, I mean, mm. I would have easily descended into a couch potato. Oh, yeah. I would have become a potato fed by Netflix. Like, I mean, <laughs> what, I would have done nothing else. So, <laughs> I mean, my job, of course, too, but still, like, it's yeah. just. I would have I would have felt so isolated. So this helped this helped me a lot. This has helped me a lot during quarantine to you know Me too. Not feel totally disconnected and everything. Me too, because so. like it's yeah. I mean, well, we talked about this yesterday, but like it's it's nice <laughs> to have conversations with people that are not just in your house. Yeah. Especially when you live with someone who's gone off the deep end. Yeah. So, it's okay. <laughs> you have one more semester, honey. Yes. I, I've been applying for jobs. 
I applied for an administrative assistant position yesterday in a law firm so I can get some experience being in law offices and maybe do some paralegal work in the future. Um, cool. Yeah. So, fingers crossed for that. Hopefully this class that I have to... That's scheduled in the middle of the fucking afternoon on a Tuesday next semester. On Zoom, no less. Hopefully that Yuck. doesn't fuck me. It's like an hour and 20 minutes. In the middle of an afternoon. <laughs> yeah, honey, that's how classes work. Is this the one that that's the only one that you can do? Like, there's no other options? Uh, that's all of the classes that I have this semester. There's no other options for any of them. Oh. And they're that all, blows. yeah, they're all classes that I have to have. Yeah, that's always how it is in the last semester. It's like you've got to kind of take whatever you can get because mm -hmm. they're the upper, upper level ones. And yeah, no one gives a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> about your schedule. No, no one, no one cares that people are trying to work. Nope. <laughs> nope, that's not how college works. No. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Anyway, so what are we talking about today? Over. Yeah. Okay, so this week... Uh, we figured we'd go back, we'd we'd move back into the uh, the true crime spot to 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 do something kind of fun and weird. Yeah. So um, so this week we're talking about unidentified Fine remains. Remains. So I'm excited. Yeah, <laughs> me too. I um I came up with this idea because uh, I was listening to Lazy Masquerade, who is a horror story narrator on YouTube, who also um, mm -hmm. does a lot of, like, true crime stories, um, and he gave me some wonderful ideas for this, so super excited Yay. to share. Yeah, I liked the video that we watched that you sent me the other day. There's a really cool video. What was it called? Um, it's about the Zodiac and a few, there's a couple other, like, cold cases that he goes over. A few, a couple of them have been solved, but... Yeah. He does talk about the Zodiac code that someone broke, which is insane and so cool. Yeah, it's uh, three disturbing and cryptic mysteries um, solved at last. The Zodiac 340 cipher finally cracked. He just posted what, what? it on the 13th. Um, highly recommend going and watching that. Yeah, the the last there's three stories that he does, and one of the the one with the Zodiac is chilling, of course. Yeah. Even though the Zodiac, I've, I still maintain that the Zodiac killer is a major dork, but, <laughs> yeah. but that doesn't mean he's not a creep also. So <laughs> it definitely, it gave me like full body chills. And then, um, the, the last one like makes me never want to leave my children home alone ever. Oh yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's a lot. Um, but it was really good. He he's, he does a good job narrating. He has a very soothing British voice. He does. <laughs> and, like, he has tons and tons of videos. And I've listened to almost... I've listened to every one of them, actually. <laughs> um, wow. And he's he's so fascinating. He's um, an English teacher in different countries. So, like, he's been in Japan teaching English. He, um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, so... And he does stories from, like... All over the all globe. All over the world? Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. So he's fun to listen to. Um, all right. Well, shall yeah. we start with the definition? Yeah. Yeah. Let's go ahead. I'm going to need you to get some caffeine. 
I, well, I have some, I promise. You I'm drink- sound like you're half asleep. <laughs> I'm so excited that I'm so relieved that you're not feeling so anxious anymore, though. Yeah. Thank you. Thank goodness. <laughs> Thank God for drugs, right? <laughs> yeah, right. seriously. So, <laughs> okay. So, an unaf- unidentified decedent or unidentified person, um, also abbreviated as UID or UP, which we won't say, um, because that's very silly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it doesn't really roll off the tongue. Um, but it's UP. it's a term in American English. It's it's a term used to describe a, a corpse of a person whose identity cannot be established by police and medical examiners, which probably went without saying, but I still <laughs> wanted to say it. So, which is um, super so in many creepy, cases, actually, it is. Yes, it's horrible. And honestly, I don't feel like it happens. I feel like this is the good the good part of social media mm-hmm. is that I think it'll be easier to identify people. Yeah. In future. Um, but especially, you know, back before the internet, this was so common. And there are so many cold cases of Jane Doe's and John Doe's that we just have no idea who they are. And without their identity, it's impossible to solve the case. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, now, of course, there are a few that are tied in with, you know, Golden State Killer and with Ted Bundy and such people like that because they were just beyond recognition and they were probably people that were a little disconnected from their families and a little more isolated. So yeah, it's, it it was definitely hard to identify those people. Um, uh, and and those, but they have been connected with the serial killer, of course. So then, you know, the case was solved, but not the case of their identity. So, um, which, which, which is important. It's important to talk about this kind of stuff because it's important for, for the families of the victims to have closure. Yeah. Because if you're just not, if you just don't know, I mean, you're, especially for parents, I mean, you, and family members, especially, like, I mean, you can just think that your sibling or your daughter or your son are just out there, like, either imprisoned or, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or in danger still. And, and that, that is, that is too much. But, but if you know for certain that they're dead or you know for certain where they are, it can bring you so much sense of, such, such a sense of relief. Yeah, I think this is one of my not, worst fears. Not that you don't grieve. Yeah. Not that you don't grieve, of course, but it, it gives you, it, it, there's there's comfort in, in, not, in certainty, Yeah, I think. I, I think so, too. This is one of my worst fears, that, like, I will die and no one will be able to recognize my body. Like, I hate that. Mm-hmm. I hate that thought so much. So well, get a bunch of tattoos. Oh, I that's what I'm doing. <laughs> That'll help. <laughs> yeah. And then... Post pictures of the tattoos on your Facebook and you'll be fine. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so in many cases, it is several years before the identities of, of these people are found. Um, while in some cases they are never identified, which is terrible. Yeah. Everyone deserves to be, everyone deserves, deserves a closed case. Yeah. So, um, an unidentified person may remain unidentified due to lack of evidence, as well as absence of personal identification, such as a driver's license, which, of course, if someone has dis- disposed of your body somewhere, they're more than likely going to take your ID. Yeah. Um, where, re- uh, where the remains have deteriorated or been mutilated to the point that the body is not easily recognized, um, an unidentified person's face may be reconstructed to show what they had looked like before death. Mm-hmm. Um, these people are often referred to by the placeholder names as John Doe and Jane Doe. So, if anyone was curious, 
as to why we call people that. That's why. It's because we don't know who they are. Yeah. <laughs> Which is actually a cool fucking oh, right. name. Jane Doe. John Doe. Why? I don't know. You just like it? Yeah. You know, I wouldn't recommend naming your children those names, though. No, absolutely not. <laughs> because it might be a little creepy. No. I have names picked out for my children that are far from those. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, we had names picked out, too. I've had these names picked out since I was, like, 12. Cute. Yeah. All right. So, let's talk about some causes here. So, um... <laughs> this is a fun statistic. Oh. There are approximately 40,000 unidentified decedents oh. in the United States and numerous others elsewhere. Oh, that's so that's so just sad. in the United States. Yeah. A body may go unidentified due to, due to death in a state where the person was unrecorded. So if it's in a state where you don't live. Mm-hmm. Um, an advanced state of... De- which makes it harder. If you die somewhere where you don't live, it makes it much harder for people to trace you back. Oh, yeah. You know. Um, in many cases in the United States... Uh, but, 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 sorry, I skipped a sentence. A body may go unidentified due to death in a state where... Blah, 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 or an advanced state of decomposition or major, major facial injuries. So if they mm-hmm. can't identify you by your face. Which um, they can, of course, identify you by your fingerprints... Sometimes through DNA, if if everyone in your family's in the system, mm-hmm. um, which is why it's important. And I understand people are concerned about their privacy and stuff, but it's important to do these DNA packs, like the twenty three. If you do the twenty three and Me thing, yeah, or whatever Ancestry dot com, whatever it is that you want to do, um, it's important to be able to um, to share that inf- to check the box where you can share that information with the police. Yeah. Um, as long as you're not planning that on way committing they can a crime. Like... <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, like, don't don't be a criminal and you'll be safe. But, um, I mean, so I'm not going to discount the fact that some police officers are corrupt and that could be a concern for people that they might feel that their DNA could be planted or something like that. But um, I, I think that's pretty rare. And um, we're also about to be in a in a country of reform in that area, so... Fingers crossed, but I, I just think it's important. I think it's important that we get as much DNA into the system as possible so that people can be identified, so that these cold cases can get closed. Yeah. They can reopen these, because a lot of times, even before they knew a DNA was a thing, they knew it would be a, that something was important about collecting someone's saliva and stuff like that. They knew the technology was on the horizon. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of these cases have DNA samples that are st- still viable and still could be tested, and they could get a couple of partial matches and say, oh, if this is the cousin of so-and-so, and then they could trace it over to, oh, this was a missing person in this family over here. That's who this is. Yeah. And it's amazing. And you see, so, if, if we get more DNA, that's less time that people have to spend on each case. So there's better chances yes. for other people that are still alive to get found. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's more chances of, of, of killers being caught, rapists getting caught. Yeah. All of that. So it's it's very, very important. Okay. Uh, do 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 do. Sorry, I lost my place because we were talking. All right. So, um, in many cases in the United States, teenagers with a history of running away would be removed from missing persons files when they turned eighteen, which is bullshit. That's awful. The seventies need to be arrested. Yeah. Um. Also, runaways is not very common. 
They used to think it was so common back in the day. They'd be like, oh, she probably just ran away from home. And they'd be like, no. <laughs> my child would not have run away from home. And they would be like, well, sorry, you have to wait 72 hours. They don't have that rule anymore, thank God. Yeah. If anyone tells you that, they're lying. <laughs> they just don't want to do their job. If you, exactly. If they, if there is a mis- if you are trying to file a missing persons report, you are entitled to do so as soon as you possibly can. Good. Especially when it comes to a child. They figured out, they, they used to think that, oh, if you just wait 72 hours, the kid will turn up. But that's actually the most important time to keep looking for the kid is in the first 72 hours. Yeah. So, They're not just blowing yeah. off steam. Like. No. They are not. Especially when they're nine. Ugh. Okay. So, um, so yeah, so that can, that has, but that has contributed because they were, uh, they were, um, eliminating, they were pulling people out of the, the missing people out of the system Mm -hmm. when they turned 18, quote unquote, then that eliminates potential matches and it, you know, it, it adds to the, it adds to that 40,000 number, that big, big number of unidentified people. Yeah. So that's not good. Hopefully they don't die that anymore. They don't do that anymore. But, um, so let's see. That's okay. So we talked about being outside of the state. Okay. So let's talk about decomp for a minute. Okay. Or decomposition. So, uh, many unidentified decedents are found long after they die, which is very, very sad, and they have decomposed severely. Yeah. Um, this significantly changes their facial features and may prevent identification through, and may even prevent identification through fingerprints. Yeah. Um, especially if, you know, if animals have been at it, or some killers take people's hands and mess up their teeth and stuff so that you can't use dental records or fingerprints to identify their victims. Mm-hmm. The lady of the um, dunes. Which makes it really hard. But you're still full of DNA. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying it's important. If if you're going to do that. Let the police know. So they can help. Pe- so that they can potentially identify people more. But what were you going to say? Sorry. It's okay. There's a really famous uh, Jane Doe case. Uh, that BuzzFeed Unsolved did. Uh, the lady of the dunes. Um, her killer. Yes, I remember that one, but I don't remember the details. Yeah, I'm pretty sure her killer took her hands, her head, and her feet. Yeah, yeah, it was fucked. Yeah, <laughs> but didn't they think that she was a spy? Uh, that's one of the theories. Yes, but that's, that's a yeah. little incongruent with the fact that they think she was in. She was an extra in Jaws. I I would think what? Yeah. Okay, I haven't seen this episode in, like, two years, so... <laughs> <laughs> Definitely recommend going and watching that, or, or re-watching it. Yeah, I need to re-watch. Um, I need to re-watch their stuff and their new season. Yeah, me too. Um, but, yeah, she... Um, they tried to... Um, they thought that they had a good lead because she can be seen uh, in the background of one of the scenes of Jaws. But... They had so many extras. That's so crazy. Yeah, they had so many extras yeah. on that set that they didn't get everyone's names. So what? Yeah, but she's like oh my in God, the that background. Would of the never movie. happen nowadays. Yeah, no, <laughs> that would never happen. But this was like the seventies, wow. I think. So yeah, yeah, it was. It was a long time ago. Seventies or eighties was mm-hmm. when Jaws came out. I don't know. But wow. Yeah. Good lord. Okay. So um, of course, environmental conditions 
are often a major factor in decomp. Um, of course, if you die and you're buried in the snow, you're going to be a lot better preserved mm-hmm. than if you die in the heat. <laughs> that would be awful. And then you melt. You would explode. Yeah, that would be terrible. If you died in the heat. You, you, you do. You do. You explode. It's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> and then you melt. <laughs> Into a puddle of goo. It's it's real it's real sexy. I, so um, <laughs> I knew a guy one time who said, "Well, if if the zombie apocalypse happens, all you have to do is wait it out. After a few days, they explode, and then you're good." <laughs> like, <laughs> I did not know how you were gonna finish the sentence of "I knew some guy" because I was like, "Oh, I thought you were gonna say, oh, I knew some guy who melted into goo." Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> but yeah, that's true. That is how science works. Yeah. <laughs> All you have to do is wait it out. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was, I don't know. Josh and I have a full plan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we have a full plan. Uh, He actually wants to build a bunker under the house for that such reason. Uh-huh. <laughs> Stocked with a hot plate and... Some cheap pots and pans, water, canned goods, couple guns, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. The plan used to be to go to the big their their big farm to wait it out. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's hopefully being sold in the next year. Ah. But yeah. So we've had to adapt the plan. <laughs> but the good news is we don't live in a big city, and I think being in a big city is is the downfall. Yeah. Because then you get, st- you always see them evacuating the city and getting stuck in traffic for a billion miles. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you're mm-hmm. stuck there and then your car runs out of gas and then you've got to walk and then you get eaten. Yeah. <laughs> that's how it works. Yep. That's how it works. So when you live in the middle of nowhere where there's never any traffic, mm-hmm. you're good. You just, just, you know, board up your windows and hole up for a while. I'm coming to your place. All right. As long as you haven't been bitten. <laughs> All right. Because I will shoot you. <laughs> you. Yeah, you have permission. Okay. Um, I might shoot myself. Shit. I'm not. I'm not. I, I am not doing a zombie apocalypse. I'm not doing any kind of apocalypse. If it's the end of the world, I'm killing myself. Goodbye. Die. Bye. <laughs> wow. That's dark. <laughs> you have no survival instinct there, huh? No. I, I, it's hard enough to exist now. Do you really think that I want to exist in an apocalypse land? No, thank you. <laughs> I am not one of God's strongest soldiers. I will end it all. <laughs> Kay is not a warrior, guys. Uh, all right. No. <laughs> There's no shame in that. I won't, I won't do it. I, I will mean, not. that's fair. That's totally fair. I respect it. <laughs> All these oh, people want to live through that. I don't want to. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so as... Uh, do, do, do. Okay, we talked about that already. Okay, so... Um, all right, so in some, in some cases, warm temperatures m- actually mummify the corpse, which is interesting. Oh, that's... Because it dries it out. Yeah. Yeah, uh which which also can distort its features. Um though the tissues have survived the initial the initial decomposition. Mm-hmm. Uh, decomposition. So that's like if there's no 
no animals, no bugs, nothing like that. So that would be like in the salt plains in Africa or something mm-hmm. where there's nothing. Like, literally nothing. Like, not even... I don't think there's even bacteria out there. Oh. I've never heard of that. Yeah. Okay, so here... I watch... I only know about it because of Top Gear. (laughs) (laughs) Because they had to do a challenge in Africa where they had to drive across the salt plains. Ooh. They always do... They always go to other countries and they'll do challenges where they have to... They they pick a car out, like, on the internet. Mm -hmm. They have, like, so much money. And it's usually not very much. Like 500 bucks or something. Oh. And they have to pick out a car and then they have to drive it from point A to point B in some country. And there's always challenges of like, oh, you have to float your float your car across the river in the Amazon or, you know, like something like that. It's hilarious. Oh, my God. But one of them was that they had to drive across the salt plains. So they had to make sure that they were completely fueled up. They had any, per- any repairs done because like you can't. What are you going to do? You're going to stop? Yeah. There's nothing there. Literally nothing there, and it was like really dry, and I don't know. It was just great. It's so funny. So these old British dudes driving cars across salt plains. <laughs> wow, <laughs> it's fantastic. There was one challenge where they had to like kill and eat their dinner, and so one of the guys drove over to a farm and picked up a dead cow <laughs> and brought it back to camp. Oh my god, <laughs> that's lovely. <laughs> They were like trying to catch rabbits and stuff and he just drove up in his in his sports car with this giant cow strapped to the top. <laughs> oh, it was so funny. Okay, anyway, we're so off topic. Okay. So um Okay, so one example of this is the Persian princess who died in the 1990s, but in an act of archaeological forgery was untruthfully stated in Pakistan to have been over 2,000 years old. I feel like we both know this case. Yeah, Lazy Masquerade Um, did a video on this too. Yeah. um, A man found... A man found in Eder Oberstein, Germany, in 1994 had died months before his body was found, yet in some places his skin had not deteriorated and tattoos were found, which were also able to identify the, the dead. Yeah, I've got like five tattoos, so I think I'm covered unless Me I too. get skinned. Right? Then that's <laughs> unless a problem. Buffalo Bill makes a skin suit out of my skin. <laughs> then I'm fucked. Um... <laughs> But even then, if they find the skin suit... It puts the lotion on its skin. All right, what? If they find the skin suit, then they know that it belongs to me. Well, true, but who knows what he's doing in that skin suit? Yeah. I don't know his life. That's true. (laughs) I can't be good stuff. (laughs) All right. He skinned me. He's he's not all there, clearly. (laughs) So, um... All right, so let's talk about putrefaction. Okay. Or putrefying, I believe, is the verb form. So um, that often occurs when bacteria decompose the remains and generate gases inside. This is what it is, causing the corpse to swell and become discolored. Blech. Yucky. In cases... uh, Yeah. In cases such as the Rogers family, who were murdered in 1989 by Oba Chandler... The bodies were deposited in in water, but surfaced after gases in their remains caused them to float to the surface. This is probably what happened to uh, what's her face who died in the water the water tank at the hotel. Elisa Lamb. What was her name? Yes, I couldn't think of her name. Um, but that's why corpses float. Mm-hmm. In case anyone was wondering, um, <clears throat> they were deceased. 
They were deceased a short period of time, but were already severely decomposed and unrecognizable due to the putrefaction that occurred while underwater and the high temperatures. It was not until a week later that dental records revealed their identities. Yeah, water will decompose you faster than anything, I think. And then you get all bloated, and it's so gross. Yeah. I always think of, you never watched Walking Dead, but there was a, uh, there was a zombie that fell in a well. Ooh. Yeah. And it was all bloated and, oh, oh God, it was so nasty. It was all swollen up and white. Like your fingers if you've been in the tub too long. Oh, icky. Oh, it was so disgusting. Do yeah, it was like. so disgusting. They tried to they tried to pull him out so that they could use the water, you know, but mm-hmm. then he ripped in half and it was Oh it was all ruined. Yeah. Oh. It was so gross. He was he was too heavy. He was like a he was kind of a fatty to begin with. Mm. So yeah, it wasn't good. This is a fictional character, by the way, everyone. Yeah. Don't get offended for the zombie that I called fat. Jesus. All right. Um <laughs> All right, so skeletonization is another one that makes it difficult. So this, of course, is when the corpse has decayed to the point that um, bones and possibly some tissues are all that is found. Oh. Um, usually when death occurred a significant amount of time before discovery. So this is probably like, this is most likely when someone's buried. Yeah. Um, when someone's, you know, found in a desert or, you know, buried somewhere where animals have had access to it mm-hmm. a lot of the time and other decomposers like worms, maggots, that kind of thing. That, that eat all the tissue. Um, or, you know, if it's just shallowly buried next to a church, like that lady in Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah. Whose fucking husband for sure killed her. Anyway. Um, you guys should all go watch Unsolved Mysteries. That dude... <laughs> that dude is guilty as fuck. Okay. Um, so if a, if, a, if a skeletonized body is found, fingerprints and toe prints, of course, are impossible to recover because there is no skin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> unless they have survived the initial, de- unless, unless by some miracle, the worms and everything left the fingers and toes <laughs> intact. The worms is are true crime fans. Quite rare. Yeah. They're like, oh, no, we shouldn't eat this part. We need to know who they, they need to know who this person is. We should be polite. Yeah. I don't think that happens often. So, um, often fingerprints are often used to identify the dead and were used widely before DNA comparison was possible. Um, in some cases, partial remains limit the available information. So for example, a woman's skull found in Frankfurt, Germany was insufficient to estimate her height and weight. Yeah. So they can't look at, they can't look at the stress on your knees or the way your spine is and you know, all that stuff to identify to identify anything about you. So just a skull is, is, is rough. Mm-hmm. Um, so skeletonized identified people are unidentified. People are often forensically reconstructed, which is pretty cool. And maybe we'll do a, um, maybe we'll do a, an, an episode on that because that's, that's an interesting process. Yeah. Um, if searching for dental records and DNA databases is unsuccessful, they might try and reconstruct the face and then they, they put that face up on posters to see if anyone, recognizes the person so Mm -hmm. but that's not even and and that's not always an exact science so it's important you know it's important that we have as much dna as possible and people go to the dentist so that there's records yeah (laughs) invest invest in your invest in your chompers guys okay i have a friend um, who hasn't been to the dentist in six years and they're like "I, i won't go i won't go i'm not gonna do it i'm like please go Oh, God. That's not good. No. 
My mother-in-law just pulled that because her dentist died and she just put it off and put it off. So now she's in the process of like, you know, several root canals and crowns oh. and stuff like that. Yeah. So she, yeah, she's getting it taken care of, but root she could have probably are, saved herself some pain. Yeah. And root canals are fucking expensive. Yes, they are. Believe me. Yes, they are. They're expensive. You've had two in the last year, right? Yep. He thinks, Good times. Yeah, he thinks it's because of that car accident I had a couple of years ago. Like, the stress. Oh, really? Yeah. Is breaking my teeth. Oh, my God. Which is fun. Yeah, that's what Josh had, too. He didn't have a root canal, but he, um, I don't think he had a root canal. He had to have some, some of his teeth extracted because he used to fight, and so there was fractures that went neglected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he lost them. Thank God I can like keep. He waited mine, too long to go. Yeah. So they weren't savable. Yeah. That's why they were. That's why they had to be extracted. By the way, he he put it off and he didn't go to the dentist and take care of them properly. Yeah. So. So they had to leave. And implants cost a fuck ton. Mm-hmm. If you think a root canal is expensive, Jesus, it's like three thousand dollars a tooth. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about traumatic injuries could also be a thing. So um, so this is when, you know, someone's been beaten or most often burned. Mm-hmm. So this is also, like, burning doesn't work, you guys. Like, you cannot burn a corpse to dust. It doesn't happen. Nope. Only funeral homes have the ability to do that. It has to be, like, 2,000 degrees to burn a body completely. Yeah. So... You will not get rid of, you will not destroy evidence by burning someone (laughs) completely. Dumbasses. You can't put someone in a campfire. All right. So often someone who who tries to conceal a body attempts to to destroy it or render it unrecognizable. Uh, The current unidentified Yermo John Doe was was killed approximately one hour before he was found, but was completely unrecognizable. When Lynn Breeden, a a Canadian model, was murdered and set ablaze in a dumpster, her body was so severely damaged that DNA processing and fingerprint analysis were impossible. And they they did the tooth pulp, right? Wine and Crime talked about that. I think so, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. The forensic dentistry is like really interesting but i also like hate teeth so Ugh. the tooth pulp i can like that it's like nails on a chalkboard i can like feel it yeah Ugh. um she was identified sometime later after her unique in her unique dentation marked matched her own den- dental records and dna was extracted was extracted from her blood at different at a different scene wait what and dna extracted from her blood at a different scene was matched got it at a different area where she was probably killed. She probably wasn't killed in the dumpster. Yeah. She was killed somewhere and then moved to the dumpster and set on fire. So, um, Linda, Linda Agostini's body was fo- was found near her Albury near, uh, bleh, bleh, bleh. I'm just stuttering everywhere. Linda Agostini's body was found burned near Albury, Austra- Australia in 1934. Her remains were identified 10 years later through dental comparison. So teeth are a big deal. Yeah. Big, big deal. So now let's talk a little bit about the identification process. We've talked a little bit about it here and there, but um, we'll get into a little bit more. 
more depth. And this is, of course, just the Wikipedia article, but um, I would love to revisit some of these topics mm-hmm. so that we can, you know, identify the, we identify them. We can, I'm just looking at the word <laughs> identification and the word identify came out of my mouth because I've had a stroke. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, I'd love to dive, delve into some of these processes more in like a full episode. That would be so oh, fun. Yeah. So, um, we can do a series on Jane Doe's. Yeah, that would be fun. Jane Doe's and John Doe's, all the all the Doe's. <laughs> Doe, a deer. Um, a female, a female deer. <laughs> oh, Ray, a drop of human blood. <laughs> We're gonna recreate that whole song. It'll be great. Me a name I call myself. Far a long, long way to run from your killer. <laughs> <laughs> all right sorry um i totally forgot to the song more. and like, did you really i i did i for real did have you even seen the sound of music yes it's just been like 20 okay. years oh okay i was about to get mad at you <laughs> all right <clears throat> okay so of course dna is a big thing we've been talking about that fingerprints dna dental dental records all that stuff um of course dna is the most accurate um but it of, but it wasn't widely used until the 90s so um a lot of these case, a lot of the reasons why we have these unidentified corpses is because we have 40,000 people that were probably before any of this ever happened yeah you know before uh, we have so many murder has been happening for since God the beginning of long. time yeah yeah since since man existed murder has been happening so thanks kane yeah <laughs> well if it wasn't him someone would have done it jeez <laughs> Um, so, um, DNA is often obtained through hair follicles, blood, tissue, and other, other biological material. Um, and bodies can also be identified with other physical, physical information such as illnesses. So if you have certain antibodies and things in your blood, Mm -hmm. um, evidence of surgery, which is cool. Um, so they could, maybe they could be able to tell that I've had my tonsils out, you know, if you've had your appendix removed, if you've had back surgery or a knee replacement, something like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, evidence of breaks and fractures, which if, have you ever watched Bones? No, I, okay, I think so I yeah, tried, a, but couldn't get into it. Oh, okay. Well, it's it's pretty cool. Um, if you can get through the episodes, it's it's pretty cool the way that they can tell how much they can tell from just looking at your bones. Actually, the you can I'm sure some of it's made up and fictionalized because it's. A TV show. I don't know. The more I learn about true crime, I'm like, okay, so th- some of this is a little bit magic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, they can tell if you've broken your arm, if you've, they can tell by, like, your wrists and things, if you did repetitive movements, like if you were a factory worker or something like that, and Ooh. you did the same movement every day. Um, uh-oh. What's up? Pause. Okay, sorry, guys. The baby woke up, and she was very upset. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, um... Let's see, where was I? Okay, so of course, and of course, if they have your full skeleton, they can tell your height and weight. Yeah. Which is really nice, um, which is helpful. Um, and a medical examiner will also, of course, be involved with identifying a body. Um, so there's, of course, mortuary fo- photographs that they release. Um, many police departments and medical examiners have made efforts to identify the deceased by placing mortuary photographs of the of the identified person person's face online. So not 
in a newspaper, thank God. Yeah. But, you know, online and in a database that you can, that the public can access so that if you have, you know, if you, if you're like, oh, no one's seen Aunt Jan in a while, and then <laughs> you file your missing persons report, and then they can show you all these photographs of people they have, and if and see if you can recognize anyone, which is nice. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, some people have been dismembered, so dismembered corpses may be, may be digitally altered. <laughs> yeah. So that they appear attached <laughs> to the body, which is good. Um... <laughs> This is, of course, not considered to be the most effective method, as the nature of death often distorts a corpse's face, which is fair. Yeah. Um, do, do, do. They also do reconstructions, which we'll get into more, but I just wanted to touch on it a little bit. So, um, when a body is found in an advanced state of decomposition or has died violently, reconstructions are sometimes required to receive, to, uh, required to receive assistance from the public. Um, when releasing images of a corpse is considered taboo, of course, mm-hmm. uh, especially if the person's face is smashed up. You don't really want to release that image. That's a little bit troubling. Yeah. You don't want to traumatize um, people. And it's no. also disrespectful <laughs> to the person that has yeah. died. Exactly. So often in these recog- in, in often those in a recognizable state will often be reconstructed due to the same reason. So faces can be reconstructed with a three-dimensional model or by two t- or by 2D which um, includes sketches or digital reconstructions similar to facial composites. Mm -hmm. Um, Sketches, of course, have been used forever um, and in so many cases. Um, Forensic artist Karen T. Taylor created her own method during the 1980s, which is super cool. Shout out to female female scientists doing it. Um, Which involved much more precise techniques, such as estimating locations and sizes of the feature of a skull. Mm -hmm. This method has been shown to be fairly successful, so that's awesome. So she actually looked at the the bone structure more. I guess people were probably just guessing in the past. I'm not really sure. Probably. That seems like the logical way to do (laughs) things. So, um... The National Center for Missing and Exploited Children has developed methods to estimate the likenesses of the faces of the unidentified people whose um, whose remains were too deteriorated to create a two-dimensional sketch or a reconstruction due to lack of tissue on the bones. And it's especially hard with children um, because you just don't, I don't know, I don't know. Especially with missing people, if you, you have to then, you know, this is how old they would be, but I guess if it's a kid, if it's a corpse, then they're not getting older, but yeah, sorry, but I got confused, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, so a skull would be placed through a CT scanner and the image would then be manipulated with software that was intended for architecture design to add digital layers of tissue based on the u- u- on the unidentified person's age, sex, and race. See, that's fucking So that's really cool. So, yeah, so they used like this other technology and applied it to this so that to to this situation so that they could, you know, so that they could solve things. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. So let's talk a little bit about some problems, and then we're going to be finished. So okay. um, so in some cases, such as that is of Colleen Orsborn, the true identity of the unidentified person is excluded from the case. In Orsborn's case, she had, fractu- she had fractured one of her bones in her leg, but a medical examiner who performed the autopsy on her remains was not able to discover evidence of the injury and subsequently excluded her from the case. Oh. Yeah. So... It's not always identifiable, especially if if someone misses it, which people make mistakes. It, it's just a part of it. Yeah. Um, 
But it was not until 2011 when DNA confirmed Orsborn was the victim found in 1984. In cases such as the as Raxine County Jane Doe, a rule a rule out has also been subjected to criticism. Um, I don't know how to say this name. Andrina. Andrina. That's hard. On oh, it's Andrea. Sorry. <laughs> Andrea Bowman, a teen who disappeared in 1989, who, st- who bore a strong resemblance to a body found in 1999, was excluded, according to the National Missing and Unidentified Persons System. On an online forum known as WebSleuths, users have disagreed with this ruling. In the case of Lavender Doe, a, a mother of a missing girl who was who also disagreed with the exclusion of her missing daughter through DNA, as she claimed the reconstruction of the victim looked very similar to her daughter. So it can the reconstructions can cause issues where people are like, no, that's my kid. And then they're like, well, but it's just a theory. This might not even be what they look like. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. And then you're like, no, no, the DNA is negative. It's not your daughter. And they're like, but it looks just like her. You know, it's just, it's hard. Yeah. So so the thing is, is that not everything, nothing is super exact. The most exact thing is DNA. So it's important to build the DNA database as much as we can so that we can help people. Absolutely. Yeah. But I thought that was pretty fascinating. Yeah, great job. Really great work. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you, thank you. All right, let's take a quick break. Okay. All right, so we're back. Yep. I have some lovely uh, Starbucks hot chocolate and peppermint mocha coffee. Yum. Yeah. Mix it together. Put that a sounds l- delicious. Yeah. Put a little bit of French vanilla creamer in it just to like mix the flavors a little better, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's lovely. Worth it? Yes. <laughs> and it's sugar-free creamer, so it didn't add too much junk. Um, well, that's good. Yeah. Okay. So... I have... I'm excited. Let's do this. Yeah, I have quite the story for you today. And... Okay. I went to the Wikipedia article on this, and it just didn't give me very much. Um, But I will link those just so you can, like, see photos and stuff if you want. Um, Cool. Because the photos in this case are actually super fascinating. Um, Carrie talked a little bit about, like, people doing drawings and sketches and reconstructions. Um, in this case, those were used, um, when I was listening to Lazy Masquerade's video on this, he made a point about, um, how sketch artists, they will take a feature of a, an identified body and almost do like a caricature of that so that it's very pronounced just so that that um, picture doesn't look like just anybody and anyone who mm, can... That makes sense. Yeah, so anyone can see, oh, I this person that's been missing, I know that they had kind of a crooked neck and this picture has a, a caricature of a crooked neck. So they're like, that might be my missing mm. friend or relative or whatever. So, that was super helpful in this case. But I'm going to start with um, the murderer. Because there was obviously a murderer here. Uh, This is from Heavy. (laughs) This is from Heavy.com. And this is five fast facts you need to know about Stephen Zillich. Um, Stephen Zillich, huh? mm Mm-hmm. 
And he is a former police officer from Kenosha County in Wisconsin. Uh, That that county. Oh, in Wisconsin, huh? Yeah. That county's been (laughs) uh, very, very prevalent in the news lately. Um, Unless unless you've been hiding under a rock and don't know about. um, Oh, what's his face? I'm going to forget his name now. Um, Kyle Rittenhouse. He was in Kenosha. Yeah, I don't know anything. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse um, went to a protest in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and he had an assault rifle. He was 17 years old. Oh, that kid. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I gotcha. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, you're okay. I blocked it out. <laughs> yeah, that, that whole situation was fucked. Um Yes. His parents should not have driven him there. He should not have had an assault rifle. He should not have been there. Um, no. He should have kept his racist-ass opinions to himself. Yeah. Like a good American. <laughs> Sorry. That was a bad joke, but still. And also... Don't... What? Don't run down a guy with a, with a fucking assault rifle. I'm not trying to victim blame, but don't do that. There's procedures, yeah. Um, Hide from the guy with the assault rifle. Yeah. That's what... (laughs) (laughs) That's what your instinct should be telling you. Yes. Don't run up on him and try to hit him with a skateboard. He will shoot you. Oh my god, someone tried to hit him with a a skateboard? Yeah, I've I've seen the whole Oh, that's a terrible plan. That's so upsetting. Yeah. It it was awful. And, I mean, he's 17 years old, uh, and he has a gun. Yeah, he got scared and used it. He shouldn't have been there. Should not have been there. No. And he shouldn't have had a gun. No, he absolutely should not You're not supposed to bring have. a gun to a protest. No. Um, so, anyway. That's my view on the subject. That's not what we're talking about. But so it's not what we're talking about. <laughs> so this was written no. by a Matthew Gar- Garigla. Sorry, dude. Uh, this Nailed was updated. <laughs> this was updated April seventeenth, twenty fifteen. Uh, so this is a very recently solved case, but it wasn't solved oh, wow. at the time of this um, this article. So. A a former West Dallas, Wisconsin police officer has been arrested in connection with the bodies of two women that were found stuffed into suitcases alongside North Como Road in Geneva, Wisconsin. Ah! Mm Mm-hmm. Stuffed into suitcases? Stuffed into suitcases. It gets worse. Oh, yuck. Uh, Stephen Zelich, 52, was arrested on Wednesday and charged with two counts of hiding a corpse. Um, in 2001... <laughs> Two counts of hiding a corpse, huh? Yep. Not like, you know, murder or killing a person? <laughs> creating a corpse? Two counts of creating a corpse. How about that? <laughs> yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. It's, uh, okay. he has some excuses. Um. Oh, does he? He does. In 2001, he was forced to resign from the police department after an off-duty altercation with a prostitute because of course he was oh no so here's what you need to know about the suspect the victims and crimes in question number one 
The bodies were found bound in two suitcases. According to the criminal complaint, which you can read above, uh, and I will, again, link this article. Wait a minute. He tied them up and put them in suitcases after they were dead? No. Wait. Wait, wait, wait. We'll get there. Okay. Um, Sounds like overkill to me. Yeah. Well, well, you'll understand here in a second. Um, Okay. But I'm going to link this article so you can, like, go through and look at these pictures and the complaints that they've posted and stuff like that. Um, so according, okay. uh, on June, oh, did you hear the siren that just went past? Yeah. <laughs> Ambulance just went past my house. Sorry. <laughs> on June. The walls of my house are made of very thin tissue paper. Yes. <laughs> they break every day. <laughs> yep. On June 5th, 2014, police responded to a call <laughs> that two suitcases had been found along the side of a road in Walworth, Wisconsin. Each suitcase contained the body of a female. Both reportedly had obvious signs of decomposition, indicating both deceased subjects had been deceased for a long period of time. Mm. So, number two. A victim was found with a BDSM ball gag and collar in her mouth. Oh! Mm-hmm. We're getting there. I don't want to yuck anyone's yum, but the ball gag freaks me the fuck out. Yeah. I don't like it. (laughs) Ugh. That's too submissive for me. Um, that's definitely not something you want to do with a hookup. Nope. Um. There's too much trust there. Yeah. According to in the complaint, uh, one of the victims, later identified as 37-year-old Laura Sim- Simonson, was found with a rope wrapped around her neck, a ball gag strapped into her mouth, and a collar on her neck. The Milwaukee, Wisconsin Journal Centennial reports that Zelich had posted an online classified looking for a woman for permanent enslavement, which she clarifies oh! as no-limit enslavement, imprisonment, Captivity, animalization, ideally in a farm slash cage situation, which is fucked. Oh my god, that's a lot. There's a lot that's of issues a, there. Quite the personal ad there, sir. Yeah. So at the time of writing this, <laughs> red flag. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I mean, if you want to, if you want to do that, fine. But that's. That's a lot. That's a... And yeah. it's... That requires a lot of trust, a lot of contracts, If even if it's just something both of you wrote up and you didn't, like, take to a lawyer or anything. Mm. But, like, it's... That feels like there might be some deep psychological issues if you want to enslave a person. Yeah. Yeah. And treat them like an animal. Yeah. Um, so one victim... Actually, probably worse than an animal, because I... Most people treat their animals pretty darn well. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, one victim... sleep in my bed. Yes, they do. Mine does not. Not in cages. Yeah. No, well, yours can't. Yeah, mine cannot. They poop everywhere. Um... So, one victim was identified as Laura Simonson, who has seven kids... The other, at the, at the oh, time of no. writing this, was unknown. 
Um, Remy didn't like it either. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> Does not like any Sorry, bit of baby. this. I'm home alone. Sorry, guys. It's the way it is when you're a new mom. So, Laura Simonson was identified by her dental records. And the other woman, referred to in the criminal complaint as Jane Doe, has yet to be identified. Um, Zelich admitted to police that he spoke with both of them online, Doe in 2012 and Simonson in 2013. He admits to meeting Doe in person in late 2012 after, and after causing her death, he put Jane Doe in a suitcase. Um, he and Simonson met up in November 2013 and during that meeting, Simonson, quote unquote, caused her death. Um, so, Okay. Jane Doe is described by the local ABC affiliate to be between the ages of 15 and 35, 5 feet and 5 feet 2 and 5 feet 4 inches tall, and weighing between 120 and 140 pounds. Um, she also has okay. a pronounced overbite, two piercings in each ear, and a small heart tattoo on her lower left pelvis area. Another wow, so that identif- that narrows down that narrows it down to a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> but another, th- what, what finally got her identified was that she had, like, a squirrelish type face. And they really yeah. played to that in her reconstruction uh, when oh. they put it out. Oh, because of the overbite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she had, like, very, very chipmunky cheeks. Um, oh. Yeah. She, she was super cute. Um, I was going to say, she sounds really cute. <laughs> yeah. So, um, we're going to talk a little bit more about Simonson, because there's only two more on here, and that's what this article focused on, but then we'll get into okay. the Jane Doe. So, Simonson's family says she was enslaved and went missing in 2013. So... Oh, my God. There's a picture here, and I think this was written by her family... Um, they said Stephen Zelich is a predator. Uh, Stephen Mark... Yeah, he sounds like a predator. Yes. Um, Stephen Mark Zelich is a sadist who has enslaved a petite female named Laura Jean Simonson. He keeps her naked, handcuffed, shackled, and caged. He has no intention of ever releasing this poor woman who suffers from various mental disabilities. She's... Oh, no! She has been whipped and tortured by Stephen since November 2nd, 2013. Laura is the mother of seven young children and has not been allowed by Stephen to contact them in any way. The police... Oh my god. The police have not been able to locate where Stephen has Laura imprisoned. Please join our effort to find and free Laura. I encourage you to harass Stephen consistently by calling his cell phone repeatedly and flooding his email inbox with similar messages. And they gave oh his... God. Wait, so this guy was a cop, though, right? He had been a cop a long time oh, before this. he was a former this. cop. Yeah. Okay. Um, wow. Stephen's cell phone number is, and they gave his cell phone number and email address. Th- this is why therapy is so important for, for cops. Yeah. For all members of law enforcement. It's so important to get therapy. Like, I've seen... I have a friend who's a cop, and I've seen what the things he has seen has done to his psyche. Like, it's... Mm-hmm. It's a lot, and thankfully he does have a therapist, but, I mean, there are many days that he gets very, very depressed because of just the amount of murder that he's seen, and the, just, 
Yeah. And, and among other things, just, you know, the state of the state of poverty that he sees a lot and it's it's the state of desperation that people are in and it, it's a lot for anyone and that job is very intense. Yeah. And it can do really twisted things to your brain. Yeah. And I feel like this is a culmination right here. This is this clearly he had a few puzzle pieces missing to begin with. And should there, not have he, been he hired was, as an officer ever. No, 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 no. Um, there, 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 he clearly had some psychological issues to begin with because, yeah. sorry, but enslaving someone and treating them this way is not okay. No. It's not okay. No, it's not. This is not how BDSM works. This and is not safe, sane, and consensual. No, it is not. This is so far beyond what BDSM is, and it's... Yeah, it's, it's not, it's not. This is the kind, the type of story that gets out and then gives BDSM a bad name. Yeah. Absolutely it is. And stigmati- further stigmatizes, you know, safe practices. Yeah. It stigmatizes something that can be, like, so good and healthy for people. Yes. Um. Yeah, okay. <sighs> if, if this country wasn't so fucking weird about sex... Half of the shit that happens probably would not be happening. Um, yeah. Agreed. So Repression can fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. Ironically. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> the rest of this email states, uh, Stephen openly talks about his treatment of women on a website called Collar Me. You can find him using. What? He has a blog? He's part of a website that is used by other BDSM practitioners. And he is just taking so it way too far. So he thinks what he's doing is okay. Yeah. Um, you- so he's the guy... He, like, do you remember that cannibal that got on the cannibal boards and started freaking out all the other cannibals? No. There's some... I don't remember who he was. I think it was in the... Um, I think it was the cannibalism episode of Wine and Crime, possibly, that I heard about this dude. I don't remember his name, but he, like... There, of course, are undercover cops on the cannibal message boards, in case you guys are wondering. Yeah. But there's, you know, if you can think of it, if you're, if it's something anyone can be into, there's message boards for it. Mm-hmm. And, like, this dude got on the cannibal message boards and was, like, talking to other people about, like, how he wants to eat people and was freaking everyone the fuck out. Because he was such a creep. <laughs> when you're freaking out other cannibals. Exactly. <laughs> when the yeah. creepy people are creeped out by you. <laughs> There's a problem, sir. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like it's a similar situation where everyone's like, oh, yeah, I like to tie my lady up. And he's like, oh, yeah, do you stick her in a cage and beat her and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, and they're like, no, sir. No. And you shouldn't either. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, let me just say, there are some practitioners that do use cages. They do, like, go very much into the pet play. But that person is able to, like, come and go from the cage as they please. It's not... Yes. This is... This is very different. Yeah. This is imprisonment. Yeah, this is very different. Um, They're allowed to stop it when they're done. Mm-hmm contact their children when they want go home for fuck's sake Mm -hmm. um they're taking something that can be very cute and warping it horrifically yes um 
So Cute might be a strong word. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but sure. <laughs> so you can find him using the profile name Mr. Handcuffs. Thank you and God bless. Oh, wow. Yeah. Original dude. Yeah. Very original. <laughs> Remember that. It comes back. Mr. Condom. <laughs> um, thank you and God bless all those who help in our effort. So, Laura, Laura, who Sorry, was a Mi- sneezes. <laughs> Laura, who was a Minnesota native, uh, was reported missing by her mother around Thanksgiving 2013. Her family described her as a vulnerable adult with a history of mental illness. Her father also told the journal Centennial that his daughter had put up escort ads on Craigslist and that her seven children were placed in his foster care in 2010. Oh, no. Uh, okay, one of her... they're being taken care of by family. Yeah. I mean, it's a terrible situation, but still. Okay. So, one of her friends... Small silver lining. Yeah. One of her friends placed an ad on that website, um... And that was the one that I just read to you guys. And they also, like, put up pictures of her. Um, So his bond is set at $1 million. Uh, Fuck yeah, it is. Yeah. At the time, he had not been charged with the deaths, but he had been charged with two counts of hiding a corpse, each of which is punishable with up to 10 years in prison and a fine of up to $25,000. He wasn't charged with the deaths? Not yet. Not yet, but we're getting okay. into that. Um, so, okay. This next one that I'm going to read is from the Daily Beast. And then after this, I have one more. And that just talks about who the Jane Doe was. And I figured we would leave okay. off with that. Sure. Um, but this one, we're digging deeper. So this is from the Daily Beast. It's by Michael Daly. Um, and it's, it was published on June 30th, 2014, updated July 12th, 2017. Um, so how Mr. Handcuffs ended up with two corpses and suitcases. Um, ex-cop Steven Zelich liked to go on S&M websites as Mr. Handcuffs. Two of the women he found wound up dead. He said it was rough sex gone wrong. So, why the suitcases? Yeah. Rough sex gone wrong, you call the police. Yeah. And it's an accident. Mm-hmm. Um, Hiding the corpse means you killed them, sir. Yeah. <laughs> so, the morning he was arrested for allegedly stuffing the bodies of two women into suitcases, Stephen Zelich of suburban Milwaukee apparently used a mobile device to visit an S&M website under the name Mr. Handcuffs. So he was going to do this shit again. He was going to do it again. Oh my god. Um, seeking a long-term, quote, uh, well, in parentheses, perm, 24-7 slave for absolute ownership slavery. His profile on collarspace.com read... There is nothing better than a slave, tied tight, gagged, blindfolded, hooded, chained, caged, or being led by her collar with a leash, wearing wrist and ankle manacles. Oh my god. This is super fucked. No. no. Um The pro- again and everyone's like, "Uh, bro. <laughs> what are you doing?" No. (laughs) 
It's a little too much, sir. Have you sought therapy? <laughs> um. All right. So, the profile photo for this 52-year-old male dominant shows a half-smiling man relaxing on a white bro- brocade sofa in a black polo shirt, shorts, of and sandals. Of course he has a white sofa. He totally has a white sofa. He does. Weirdo. He is absolutely the same man described in an April 28th online classified ad posted by a friend of one of the women found in the suitcases, 37-year-old Laura Simonson. And so this recreates the ad that I just read to you guys. Um, So his username, Mr. Handcuffs, seems to reflect not only zealous interest in S&M, but also his previous life as a police officer in West Dallas outside Milwaukee. Um, he had been on the job for 12 years in May 2001 when he met a prostitute at a bar and brought her home. The woman, Sorry, this or a sex almost worker. sounds like his weird, like, fetish with, like, peeping with imprisonment. Mm-hmm. Like, that matches up with him being, like, what if that's a fetish he developed as a cop? Because he, maybe he was, like, uh, and this is totally me talking out of my ass, I'm totally theorizing, but, like, what if he was... He was, oh, sorry, baby. What if he was, like, the weirdo in the jail walking around, like, getting his jollies from seeing people imprisoned, you know? Yeah, maybe. Ugh. Um. And I said prostitute. I'm sorry. I meant sex worker. Um, that was just the language that was in this article. Um. Exactly. So, the woman ran naked from the apartment and later told police that she had bolted when she heard what she took to be the sound of Zelich taking out a pair of handcuffs. Uh, Zelich maintained that she had been trying to steal from him. But, if nothing else, he acknowledged patronizing a a sex worker and was forced to resign in August 2001. He subsequently worked as a security officer. Oh, that's why he lost his job. Yep. Okay. Um, he became Mr. Handcuffs on the nest on the S and M site in two thousand seven. Um So a little bit more about Laura. Her family says that she indeed suffered mental health problems and lost custody of her eight children in twenty ten. Apparently she had eight children. The other one was wrong. Um one of her seven or eight. Yeah. <laughs> one of her five daughters, Alyssa, was blind and confined to a wheelchair. Oh. Oh no. Oh, this is why the other one said seven. The daughter's lifetime struggle with her disabilities ended with her death on June twentieth, twenty thirteen, at the age of thirteen. Oh, that's so sad. So that family went through a fucking lot. Uh, yeah, they went through hell. Um, when she was days away from taking her first steps independently, a tragic accident changed forever the course of her young life and and lives of those who loved her, an obituary reads. Following a courageous struggle, she was left with disabilities that would challenge both the strength and spirit of Alyssa and her family in the coming years. Although it took great effort to achieve the smallest things, and pain and discomfort were often close by, Alyssa's spirit would always break through with a great sunshine smile. 
Alyssa adored spending time with her brothers and sisters, and she loved when they would interact with her, playing catch or giving her wheelchair rides in circles. Oh. In the aftermath. Wow, that's really sad. Yeah. In the aftermath, the oldest daughter, 18-year-old Kaylee, went, uh, went on a fundraising website seeking donations to help my mother get help with my sister's death. Um, Kaylee posted what she titled the story of Laura Simonson. Well, it all started when Laura had a beautiful family. Happy with their mother, they were smiling and dancing until they got tired. We had a good life until the country, until the county took all of us away. We cried for our mom every night. We still do at this time of our years. We worried about our mom and we were scared with people we, who we don't know. Um, and some of them were sexually assaulted in foster care. Um, oh, that's awful. Yeah. When we were with mom, we didn't uh, get sexually assaulted. We had food, shelter, and each other. My stepfather came out of prison and took the kids to stay with him, and me and Alyssa were still in foster home. Uh, when Alyssa died, I felt bad because she always makes me happy. Um, Kaylee subsequently added, My mother is homeless, her car is breaking down, and her car is the only shelter she has. So, these are the kind of people that this man went after. Yeah. I mean, Which is that's fucked. predatory behavior right there. Yeah. That's what it is. Um, that's, that's what predators do. Yeah. They go after vulnerable people. Um, let's see. So she and the appeal didn't raise any money, um, but Simonson ended up moving in with her mother. Uh, and on November 2nd, she went to have her first face-to-face meeting with this guy. Honestly, she was probably looking for something that she didn't have to control. And I can see why she would be attracted to that. Like, I don't yeah. have to do anything. He, exactly. He's going to choose everything for me. I don't have to worry about where I'm going to live. I can see why. Yeah, yeah. I can see why. She was like... Why not at this point? Like, my, my kid just died. I don't have custody of any of my kids. I'm living with my mother. Um, yeah. So, a Farmingdale detective describes Zelich as the number one person, by far, of interest in Simonson's disappearance from the very start. But interest does not translate into probable cause without evidence. The detectives had no body, and a search of Zelich's apartment proved no sign of her. Even so, the police attention may have rattled him. The self-described male dominant announced on an online forum called Master B Slave Club that he was interested in becoming a full-time perpetual slave. Um, I have just joined the group with the hope of finding an owner. Perpetual. No, a perpetual slave. Like, for the rest of his life. I thought you said professional. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, I have just joined the group with the hope of finding an owner, a male-female couple, he wrote in late January. I seek no limit, no release, enslavement, imprisonment, captivity, animalization, ideally in a farm-slash-cage situation. If this level of control interests you, please feel free to make contact. (laughs) A woman inquired, are you serious? 
again, everyone's just like, bro. <laughs> he responded. Are you serious? <laughs> he responded in pre-dawn hours of the next day. Yes, I am extremely serious. If you know of an owner who desires this level, please let me know. Oh, wow. Um, God. And then he flips. Um, the police. Wait, so he originally wanted to be the person enslaved and then he just, he changed his mind? No, no, no. He, he wanted to be the slave owner and then he got scared and was like, maybe I should just be a slave. So no one will suspect me. Oh. And now he flips again. Yeah. Gotcha. So now he flips again. The police who continued to consider him the leading suspect in Simonson's disappearance no doubt would have been happy to make this particular fantasy a reality in the form of a life term in prison. Um, But they still had little more than suspicion. And as the months passed, Zelich seemed to recover himself. He was going online once again as Mr. Handcuffs looking for a permanent 24-7 slave for absolute ownership. Um, so then her friend asked people to harass him by cell phone and email and his nerves may have frayed. Um, so on June 5th, a highway worker cutting an overgrown patch along a road in Geneva, Wisconsin, came upon a pair of discarded suitcases. Um... He moved Ooh, them. To, that poor man. Yeah, he moved them to the side of the road and out of the way of the mower. Um, the suitcases were soon after spotted by passerby's uh, who approached to see swarms of flies. Um, ah, I guess he didn't smell anything weird. Probably not. I mean, he probably had a bunch of grass in his nose. He was. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Remy, hush. Um, <laughs> he had a bunch of grass in his nose. Oh, well, he w- he was doing he was doing yard work, so he probably. I mean, you know, when you're doing yard work and you get like, I I don't know. Never mind. Um, it seems unlikely. You've smelled dead things before, right? No. You've never smelled, you've never like had a dead mouse or anything? No. We had a dead mouse at the store once. It died, it oh. died under the stage. Oh. And Matt had to come and fish it out. It reeked. Oh. And that was just a mouse. No, I've never smelled death, so I don't know. I have a friend who can like smell death. She can tell when, like, people are about to die. People are animals. It's really weird. That's really weird. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a terrible superpower. Yeah. Um, so, in the meantime, like, while they were trying to figure out who these women were, uh, the police had used dental records to identify the less decomposed body as Laura, uh, and Zelich was arrested at 10.30 a.m. on June 27th. Um, police tentatively identified the other woman, but did not immediately release her name. The complaint describes her only as Jane Doe. The document reports that Zelich uh, stated that he met Jane Doe via an online chatting in 2012. He and Doe met in person in late 2012 or early, 
early 2013 in Kenosha County, Wisconsin. Um, the complaint adds, the defendant admitted that during the meeting he caused the death of Jane Doe. The defendant further admitted that after causing her death, he put Jane Doe in a suitcase and hid her at his home in West Dallas and that he later hid Jane Doe's body in his vehicle in 2014. Um, so... When he says that he caused their death, he says that what happened was they were doing breath play. He was choking them and accidentally strangled them. Which, it it is hard to strangle a person. You did not do that on accident. No. And then you hid their bodies in suitcases. You killed them. You killed them. Um, and you, you did. You made it look like you got into this weird BDSM thing to so that you could strangle someone and try to call it an accident. Mm-hmm. But we all know that strangling someone is very hard to do. Yep. Uh, so murder charges are expected to follow after his bail had been set at one million dollars. Um. So. The detectives and the prosecutors can be counted upon to do all they can to ensure that he is imprisoned in a no-release cage situation for the rest of his days. Um, Oh, so he gets his, uh, he gets his wish. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Meanwhile, the online realm of S&M is buzzing about Mr. Handcuffs. Someone who calls herself Bad Girl Missy reported that years ago I talked to the person. Two to three online conversations and you could tell he was out there. She added, just a warning to always be safe when meeting anyone. Um, huh, yeah, he was out there all right, honey. He, good, good call. <laughs> he sure was. At least her radar picked it up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, let's see. He, um, so for his trial and imprisonment, um, Okay, so the Jane Doe that we've been talking about, her name was uh, Jenny Gamez. And we'll talk about her here in a second. Um, But he finally um, pleaded guilty to her murder in early 2016, and he received 35 years imprisonment. In February 2017, he was sentenced to... 34 years? That's it? Yeah, 35 years. Yeah. I'm sorry. You kill someone, you get life in prison. Yeah. Uh, Not, like, in a self-defense way, obviously. Like, in a, I choked this person to death and called her my slave. Yeah. You you don't get to come out. Sorry. No. Well, he's, remember, he's also 52, and they gave him a 35-year sentence. On top of that, in February 2017, he was sentenced to another 25 years to life for the murder of Laura. And then he received a... That's good. I'm just saying it's the principle of the matter. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. I get that he's old, but still. Yeah. Um, He also received another 10 years for the charges of hiding corpses in October 2017. So they keep stacking things. I mean, it's shitty that he only got 35 years for that. But at least they were like, oh, that's not all that we're charging you for. You're getting getting more that are longer. Uh, So he's not coming out, obviously. That's good. Um... So, let's see. Can we pause? Yeah. Can we pause for a second? Mm Mm-hmm. Thanks. Okay. So, this last article, 
um, now that we know what he got sentenced for, uh, this is from Fox 6 now. It was by Derricka Williams, and it was published um, June 30th, 2014. The dates on these are a little confusing, but no doubt it was her. Friends and family of Jenny Gamas were just waiting on dental records to prove it. Uh, so dental records and a facial reconstruction really helped in this case. And she was... Um, Let's see here. After seeing the sketch put out by officials in Walworth County after two bodies were found in suitcases, uh, friends and family members of Jenny Gamas in Oregon say they knew it was her. They were just waiting on dental records to prove it. They say Gamas would have been 21 years old, and in her young life, she went through some rough times. And she's so pretty. She's this... Aww. She's this cute, blonde little thing. I mean, everybody goes through rough times. That doesn't yeah. mean that they... Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. Um, she's described as a young mother, a free spirit, and someone who was always smiling. Just super bubbly and outgoing. Just a friendly personality. Sonia Sable, a friend of Gamma's, told Fox 6 News. Um... So we've talked about Steven. I don't want to talk about him anymore. Um, but yeah, he sucks. Yeah, but you, <laughs> you guys, I highly recommend like looking up uh, Jenny Gamma so you can see like what she looks like next to the sketch that they did because it is very, it's very close. That's why they were able to identify her so quickly. That's so cool. I would love to figure out how they do that. Yeah, me too. Um, so during a press conference held on Monday, June 30th, officials in Walworth County confirmed the identified body belongs to Jenny Gamas. Her body was found decomposed in a suitcase with her hands tied with rope behind her back. It would make sense it would be her, Sabelle said. Sabelle says it was the distinct features in the sketch issued by authorities that told her it was Gamas right away. Uh, the black and white picture they have. You can see her crooked bottom teeth, big front top teeth, her little eyes, and high cheekbones. Um, let's see. Gamas's foster mother was told Zelich allegedly murdered Gamas on their first date. Gamas appeared in disappeared in 2012. Apparently, she told her family she was moving, and police say the young woman's family just thought she was moving on with her life. The few of us who were really, really close with her lost contact and hadn't heard from her, Sabelle said. Um, oh, that's so sad. Gamas's friend says the whole situation has been disturbing and says she just wants Gamas's memory honored. Um, right. She was always this happy person and just so positive about everything, like a little ray of sunshine. Oh. Um, and... Because of all this, uh, Zelich was being kept in segregation for his own protection. And you know what? He shouldn't have been. Let what happens yeah. in prison happen. <laughs> um, but also, <laughs> they have to, though. They have, a, they have a duty. But jailhouse justice does sound pretty sweet at this point. Yeah. So that's really all that I have from that without, like, repeating myself a whole bunch. Um, wow, that was awesome, though. But yeah. So that, that was... That was crazy. Yeah. Wasn't it wild? Yeah, that was a wild ride. 
Good God. All right. Well, my are fav- we ready for a game? Yeah, my favorite thing is true crime and BDSM. Yes. You found <laughs> a way to combine it. <laughs> uh, okay. So I do have um, my card from last night that we didn't use. Um, awesome. Okay. Yeah. So this is our game, you guys, of course, called Drunk, uh, by, by, sorry, by Drunk Stoned or Stupid, called If, if You Had To. Um, is it your turn, I think? I think, I think so. I think it's your turn. I think so. I'll go. Okay. Um, so if you had to, would you have a little elf whispering in your ear 24-7? Oh, God. That a sounds new, so creepy. A new form of imprisonment that we haven't talked about yet. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Um, or walk across the USA in a vicious hurricane of meatballs. Oh, God. I'll take the elf. I already deal with... I think with, I'll take the elf. I deal with voices in my head anyway. I'll just... <laughs> I'll I'll pretend that... At least no one else would hear it. It yeah. would just be your own little, little thing. I can ignore that. Little issue to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Um... Hopefully you had a wonderful new year. Yeah. Then. And hopefully everyone's staying safe. There's a vaccine coming. Fingers crossed. Thank you all for listening to 100 episodes with us. This has been yes. super fun. And we're excited to do more. This has been really fun for us. Yeah. yeah. Um, and remember. You are not a monster. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Talk Crooked. Music is by Gisla Niebach. Check out our website, talkcricket.wixsite.com slash podcast for sources and visual aids, as well as resources to get involved. To keep up with our nonsense and stay up to date on all things Cricket, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook at Talk Cricket. To keep the shots coming, access ex- exclusive bonus content, get a free poster, and a shout out on air, head on over to our Patreon. All links can be found on our website. You can listen to us basically anywhere you get your podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. If you have interesting stories relating to our content, please send them to talkcrooked at gmail.com for a chance to be featured on the show. For business inquiries or sponsorships, please email us at carryandkbusiness at gmail.com. See you next time.